Well, I didn't know where to start about um, introducing our guest speaker. So do you know what? I was going to be honest. I'm going to be really blunt. Mike was due to speak and he got pinged. <laughs> so he's not allowed in the building. And we thought, well, who do we know that's close at hand that kind of gets our, where we're at as a church, who we love dearly and who we know can bring a word and a special lady stepped up. Now, before I give you more, uh, tell you more about who that is, let me go back a bit in history. Because many years ago, there's a couple that came to LCF called Doug and Helena Richards. Some of you in the building right, might remember them. Awesome couple. Now, the, their son, Julian, and wife, Sarah, are now co-pastors of the church. The church was called um, DCC. It's now known as Com Church. And our guest speaker today is... Sarah from Cobb Church, isn't that great? It's so great. So Sarah, would you like to come out? I'd like to pray with you before we just kind of start. It's just so wonderful. Com Church is so much part of our hearts, but you feel like sister churches. And um, yeah, so anybody at Com Church watching online this morning, we love you. Thank you for being with us. So let's just pray for Sarah, shall we? So Father, I thank you for my sister Sarah. And Lord God, I pray now that you were a anoint her anew, afresh, give her a word from you, from your heart. I pray this morning, whether we're at home, watching online, in this building, or in the Com Church, wherever we are watching this morning, Lord, that you would open our eyes, open our hearts, that we may truly see you in awe and wonder as who you are and how amazing you are in our lives. So just bless Sarah now, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Bless you, Sarah. Can I have the lectern? Thank you. Sorry, I'm not a no-notes person. I love a note. So yeah, thank you for that introduction. So yeah, I am the quick. We need someone to help us out this morning. And I'm so delighted to be here. I'm so glad that I can help you guys out this morning. And I really hope I will be a blessing. And um, yeah, thank you. As we said, LCF, we've got a long history with Doug and Helena. And also it holds a very special place in my heart. So Every year for about 10 years, this used to be my Christmas morning church that we came with my parents. So right from the age of nine till about 20, I came here and we would spend our Christmas mornings with you guys. So that was amazing. And then most especially, I got married here. So Julian and I stood here and got married 23 years ago. It will be in November. So yeah, this place really does hold a special heart, a special place in my heart. So I'm really glad to be here. So yeah, let's just pray again because we can never have too much prayer can we so in Jesus name Father God, I just thank you that, Lord, you have a plan today. Lord, we really pray for Pastor Mike and Becky and the whole family. We just pray in Jesus' name that you'll protect them right now in this season. And we just pray that, Father God, they'll be back fighting fit and strong and healthy back next week. But, Lord, I just thank you that there is purpose in today. And, Lord, this hasn't taken you by surprise. So we just pray in Jesus' name that your will will be done in this place on earth as it is in heaven. So, Holy Spirit, just come right now, I pray. And then every Every person in the room, every person online, that Father God, you will speak to them through your mighty Holy Spirit, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So yes, welcome to everyone online and welcome to Com Church people. If the link has worked, that will be awesome and you're with us as well this morning. So it's really good to be collaborating. So I just want to ask you a question this morning. When was the last time you just stood in awe and wonder of God? where you just took a moment and just said, God, you are awesome. You are just awesome. It could be anything. It could be in the everyday. Now, I know this last couple of years, some of us may have been 
just happy to get through. We may have just been happy to try and survive, let alone thinking of anything awesome or wonderful. I don't know about you, but I didn't do too well with the online. Well done to people that are still going online because we've got a crazy Labrador that would want to join in in the worship or bark or do something and it was just chaos in our house. So I was glad when we could at least get back to some form of meeting. But for some, it's really felt like it's just been, let's get through these next couple of years rather than anything else. And also, do you know what? We can reduce our faith just down to religion, something that we can just understand, just down to a theology or something that's socially acceptable, something that's comfortable. We can just reduce it down to what is safe. Because you know, one of the great strategies of the enemy isn't to come and jump out at us and you know with a big red face and horns or anything like that that's not what the enemy does and he doesn't come and lead us into any great big sin or any great big temptation but what he can do just like he did to Eve in the garden is get us to question did God really say Did God really say? And that's how the enemy can just try and get to each one of us. So did God really say he would heal the sick? Did God really say that he would provide for you? Did God really say that you need a saviour? Did God really say that X, Y, Z won't enter the kingdom of heaven? Is that really what he said? Is that really what he meant? And the enemy can get us questioning the things that we read in his wonderful word and just think, is that really for me? Is that really for us? And we know how that worked out for Eve, that he got her questioning and then she followed when she questioned God. But God had meant what he said. God had really said it. So I said the last couple of years have felt, may have felt for some people like they're just surviving. Let me just get through You know, some have looked at their faith. There's this trend of people deconstructing their faith and they've just come out the other side going, I just don't believe anymore. I just don't believe it anymore. And I just wonder if it's because they've lost the awe and wonder of their God and just boiled it down to what they can, you know, knowledge, head knowledge, rather than heart knowledge and experience. I just want to encourage us today just to again stand in the wonder of God. So in the Bible, one of my favourite people is Peter. I love Peter. He's a little bit crazy. <laughs> He's um, a little bit gung-ho, a little bit speak first, think later. I, I do have a bit of an affinity with him, but I really love Peter. He doesn't hold back. <laughs> and on this occasion, Jesus was teaching the people and the disciples are starting to say, what on earth is he talking about? And lots of the disciples, not the 12 at the minute, but lots of the disciples start leaving and saying, I can't follow this. This is too hard. And he was saying such outlandish things. They were like, this, this is not okay. But I want to read from John 6, 60. And it says, on hearing it, many of the disciples said, this is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? Aware that his disciples were grumbling about this, Jesus said to them, Does this offend you? Then what if you see the Son of Man ascend to where he was before? The Spirit gives life, the flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, they are full of spirit and life. Yet there are some of you who do not believe, for Jesus had known from the beginning which of them did not believe and who would betray him. He went on to say, 
This is why I told you that no one can come to me unless the Father has enabled them. From this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. You do not want to leave too, do you? Jesus asked the twelve. Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. You see, when the people started questioning Jesus, he didn't soften his approach. He didn't make it more culturally relevant. He didn't backtrack or try and explain what he meant. In fact, he just went even more outlandish. He just started talking about, well, what if you saw me rise up and ascend to where I came from? And they're just like, Jesus, what are you talking about? In hindsight, we know what he was talking about earlier on in that scripture. He's talking about eating his body and drinking his blood. And they're thinking, what is this man on? Now, we know that as communion and we can understand that and we, we can take that. But at the time, loads of people left because they were like, it's too hard. It's too much. But then I love it. And then he goes to his 12, right? Well, what about you lot then? Are you going to go as well? <laughs> he doesn't beg them to stay. He doesn't try and entice them to stay. He just asks. But I love Peter's response. And he says, but, but no, because you have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and know that you are the holy God. They had seen the truth. They had stood in awe and wonder of God. They had seen too much to just walk away. They knew they could never turn away to their normal lives. You know, I'm in awe and wonder how God has used my life so many times. And and I just, even today, I'm like, God, you are amazing. So my last time of standing in awe and wonder was about 20 minutes ago. I am just in constant awe of God because when we live a life led by the Spirit, he does things that we can't even imagine and we couldn't foretell and we couldn't expect. And you just stand in a perpetual state of awe. Now, this isn't my natural personality. I'm, I'm quite a glass half empty person, <laughs> if I'm honest. And I can always find you a problem to your solution. So that's not, that's my personality. So I'm not one of these carefree, yay, everything is wonderful. But through Jesus Christ, I am, because he keeps proving time and time again how awesome he is. So when, as Liz said, we've been pastoring the church for about four years, and if I'm honest, when we first took over, I was like, God, what, like, you have got this wrong. <laughs> what are we doing? And I, we didn't, well, I didn't feel qualified. I didn't feel ready. I didn't feel equipped. I just thought, God, what are we doing? And we'd been doing it for about 18 months And that was it. I'd had enough. It was too hard. It's hard pastoring a church. And I was like, I drafted my email, my dramatic email to the elders. And I was like, that's it. I'm sorry, Julian. I I can't do it anymore. It's fine. They only ever really wanted you anyway. So you get on and do it yourself. (laughs) That's not true, by the way. (laughs) You just get on and do it. And he's like, and he's like, Sarah, no. Like, anyway, we had discussions about it. So I went away and on one of my walks, I love walking my dog and this is where in my head I preach the best sermons and I have the best conversations with God on the hillsides and it's amazing and, and I felt the Holy Spirit just prompt me and he said, okay Sarah, so you're going to quit, you're going to walk away, um, so if somebody calls you because they're in need or they want prayer, are you going to ignore that call? And I was like, well, n- No. Okay, so if someone, if Josh, who's our worship director, if he asks you to lead worship, you know, you've seen God, 
do amazing things. Have you seen him do amazing things? Are you going to say no? You don't want to lead worship anymore? Uh, yeah, no, probably not. I'll probably still do that. Okay, so if Julian wants to just chat about the church, if he wants to pray together, are you just going to say, no, I'm not interested, I don't want to hear? And I was like, yeah, no, probably not. I'll, I'll probably still have those conversations. And he's like, and you actually quite like the admin side, don't you? And I was like, yeah, I do quite like the admin side. So he's like, so other than having a very public hissy fit, what's going to change in your life? Actually, what is going to change? And I realised darn it, that yes, the Holy Spirit was right. What was actually going to change? Unless I completely ran away. So that was my option, was to completely run away, completely leave, completely leave everything behind. But like the disciples, I couldn't because I'd seen too much. I'd seen too much awe and wonder in God. And so I was like, Lord, I know that this is where I'm supposed to be. Whether I like it or not, I'm in this calling and it's in my DNA and it's in my body. And that's why head knowledge at that moment wouldn't have cut it. Just the theology of leading a church or just the theology of living a Christ-centered life wouldn't have kept me in there. But it was because I'd seen too much, I'd experienced too much, I'd heard too much of the love of God to know I can't walk away. It's in me. It's, it surrounds me. And so... As you do, I wrote a preach on imposter syndrome and, and how actually realising that when you do anything for God, you're going to feel out of your comfort zone. When you step out for God, you're going to feel like you can't do it. And actually, that's how it should be because then you have to rely on the Holy Spirit. And so I threw myself into it and I was like, okay, God, I'm here. Use me. Don't let me mess this up. Don't let me mess people up. Let us do it. And I've seen time and time again and situation after situation that he has just shown himself so faithful and I stand in awe and wonder of God. Now, my lovely daughter is with me today. This is Beth and she's here all of her own free will, I promise. I haven't dragged her here. So she's 22 and then I have um, my son Elliot who is 17. So it's like this tall, it's really scary. Um, yeah, so he's at church helping Julian this morning. And I would love to tell you that I have a great parenting strategy, but I really don't. <laughs> so don't worry. But what I did and what I'm so grateful for is I just tried for my children to see the awe and wonder of God through life. And there was one particular time, and I've asked Beth's permission to share this story. And if you're eating your cornflakes, I'd just give you a little warning, and I'm really sorry. But she, when she was about 10 or 11, I think she was about 10 or 11, and um, she developed, she started developing this mole just right on the side of her head. And she had lovely long blonde hair right down to her back, gorgeous long blonde hair. And it was getting bigger and bigger and bigger until it was about the size of a 5p and it was quite it was protruding quite wide so because it had just appeared I thought right let me just take her to the doctors and we'll find out what's going on and they looked at it and they said yeah we need to remove this because actually it is fairly sizable but also it could um, in the future become cancerous so we do need to to remove this and I was like okay is there a cream or like is there something is you know because it appeared is it likely to just disappear and they said no 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 this this type of mole is blah 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 whatever it was and no we, we're going to need to surgically remove it and another time and again 
God, God understands some of our vanity, but I was like, she's 10. And they would have had to have shaved like a whole bit of her head here and um, under general, general anesthetic as well. And I was like, Lord, just please. So anyway, we went home and I, I remember we sat on, she sat on my lap and in my head, full of faith, I said, okay, God, I'm going to pray for Beth and I really, really need you to come through with this. I really need you to answer this prayer, okay? That was how much faith. I was like, Lord, please, don't leave me hanging. I really need you to do something here. So full of boldness, I said, okay, Beth, we're going to pray that Jesus is going to heal this mole and it's going to go, okay? And she's like, all right, mom. So we prayed and I've just placed my finger on it. Do you remember the words? (laughs) Yeah, in Jesus' name, and this is all I said, in Jesus' name, I say to this mole, shrivel up and die. And that was it. And then in my head, I was like, okay, please, Jesus, you really need to do this. Please, please. She she might walk away. She'll never believe again if you don't do this. So anyway, I was like having this full-on conversation in my head with the Lord. So anyway, left it. And I said, okay, Jesus, it's in your hands now. Please do something. I want her to stand in awe and wonder. Let this be a moment where she can remember God's goodness. So as the days went on, so we were due to go back to the doctors um, in about five days' time. So the next day, it just started having a bit of a funny edge. It started going a bit dry. Again, sorry if you're eating your breakfast. It started going a bit dry. And then I was like, okay, come on, Jesus, carry on. And the next day, it was shriveling, literally shriveling. And it started drying up. And then it started crumbling off. And it disappeared. It had gone, completely gone. You're my witness. It was your head. That's what happened, isn't it? And it was amazing. And again, like I tell this story, like it's not this big, fantastical story. No one's going to come and do a documentary on a mole shriveling. (laughs) But what it did is it put enough faith into Beth and into me to know even then as she was growing up and maybe she, you know, didn't believe it anymore. And even if I'm really honest, when we were praying for people and I'm like, God, You know, I've been praying for healing for me for 25 years and I've still not seen it. Well, maybe God doesn't heal anymore. Maybe we shouldn't be praying for people. Maybe we're leading people astray by praying for them for healing in the church. Maybe it's wrong. Maybe they're right. But healing was for back in Jesus' time and not for now. But that stupid mole. (laughs) And then that just reminds that what? That mole. You did it. And it was a miracle, and you did it. And so, okay, no, let's pray again. Let's stand again. Let's believe. Let's tell tell the enemy, yes, God did really say. So even though it was a small thing, it was enough to go, but that stupid mole. God is real. God is working. And we stood in awe and wonder. You know, growing up in church, as I said, I used to come here for the Christmas morning. So I've never had a great testimony in that it's really boring so I was yeah we moved to Dunstable when I was nine we went to as was Dunstable Community Church and in one of the junior church sessions I gave my heart to the Lord when I was about 10 and that was it yay Jesus like there wasn't some big revelation I hadn't actually done that much sinning when I was nine so there wasn't a huge like 
oh, wow, like I'm so grateful for the forgiveness of God. I mean, don't get me wrong. I was a teenager. There was a lot of forgiveness needed. And, um, and I, we had lots of prayer throughout my life for forgiveness. But I'd never had that real, I'm sure some of you have got amazing testimonies of just knowing and seeing God for the very first time. But I didn't really have that. And um, one day I was in my mid-30s. And we had our TV box had broken. So I had an engineer come out to fit this box. And he was just chatting to me. And um, he was an absolutely devoted Muslim. And I had a really interesting conversation with him. He was so inspiring. He inspired me. His devotion to his faith was amazing. And as he told me everything he was saying, at the end of it, he just said, but do you know what? I've got no assurance that I will get to heaven even after I've done all of this, I just don't know that I'm going to get to heaven. And like in my innocence, I was like, what? Like, but don't you know that God loves you? And his face was just like, what are you talking about? God loves me. Like he just, it just looked like that was completely incomprehensible to him. So again, not tritely, not to win an argument, not to try and get one over him. I just said, but do you know what? I know that God loved me so much. He sent Jesus and Jesus did it all for me. He paid it all for me so that I have got the assurance that I'm going to get to heaven. I was like, I don't even have to do all the stuff that you do. And yet I've got assurance. And in that moment, I stood in awe of the cross. And I love that you guys just sang about that, the cross and about resurrection day. So for a child that had grown up in church, hadn't had a dramatic backsliding, hadn't had a dramatic coming back, that conversation with that devoted Muslim meant more to me than all the Easter services, all the salvation messages I'd heard because I stood in awe of what Jesus had done for me and that assurance that one day I would be with him in heaven, not because of anything I could do, but because of what he did. And I absolutely loved that. And you know, I have got story after story, and I'm sure you have too, of the things that God has done, the awe and the wonder, as I said, that when you live a spirit-led life of the amazing things that God does in your every single day, and I just stand there going, God... (laughs) You are awesome. And if you haven't felt that for a long time, I really pray that today will just open your eyes again to think, yeah, I want to start seeing that and living that. And also, I just felt to say as well, you know, if there's something that you feel like the enemy keeps coming in and accusing you of, so you've been to God, you've repented of it, you've laid it down at the foot of Jesus, you have changed your life around, but yet there's still that accusation that makes you feel like you need to keep coming and repenting. But once it's laid under the blood, I just want to encourage you, rather than keep going over that thing which Jesus says is gone, I've forgiven that, it's gone as far as the east is from the west, I want to encourage you, actually, just stand in wonder that Jesus has forgiven you. Stand in the wonder, wow, God, that was really bad. Yes, enemy, that was really bad, but Jesus forgave me. Jesus has covered me, and I'm in wonder, and I'm grateful for that. And it's just a great strategy for turning it on the head, because the enemy's not going to keep reminding you if you keep thanking Jesus every time he reminds you. So, God, I'm grateful for that. 
do you know what's the purpose of awe and wonder? It's not just to amuse us, is it? It's not just a party trick. It's not just to look good. But I want to read Acts 2, 42, and it says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who was in need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. And I love that. That's what we desire, isn't it? That the Lord would add to our number daily, that he would add to the kingdom of God daily. And you know, we're pretty good at the teaching and fellowship. We're pretty good at the helping the poor. We're getting back to having people in our homes and we're pretty good at that fellowship. But how amazing, again, would it be just to see those signs, those awesome signs and wonders so that people are coming daily. So we're telling our friends, do you know what God did for me this week? Because when he is that awesome, you can't help but contain it. You're not going to win your friends with some theology. You know, we see all these horrible Facebook arguments between Christians and non-Christians and Christians and Christians. And I just think, oh my goodness, I wouldn't want to touch that with a barge pole. But when you're telling people about what Jesus has done in your life, They might not believe you, but they can't argue with you. This is what Jesus has done in my life. And there's an excitement that just oozes out of you. So at work, when people are like, what is with her today? Jesus did this. You know, so place yourself in that place of awe and wonder. So just on the screen quickly, there's going to be some scriptures on there because there was scripture starting with the Matthew 8, 27 There was scripture after scripture, and you can just scroll through to the next one. I'm not going to read them all now. Because there was scripture after scripture. Just do a little search in Bible Gateway or something or in the back of your Bible and look up the words wonder, look up the words awe, look up the words they were amazed. And time and time again, it shows how they were amazed. But as I said, it wasn't a party trick. Always, it was for a purpose. It was always to point to Jesus. It was always to point to God. And it was always to point to the work of the Holy Spirit. You know, we know in Acts 8, it talks of Simon, the sorcerer, who came and he was like, oh, this looks awesome. They saw the apostles laying the hands. Peter and John were laying the hands on people and they were receiving the Holy Spirit. And he was like, I want to do that. That looks fun. And that's not what signs and wonders are about. And actually, he was really rebuked. And they said, no, you need to repent because you've got bitterness in your heart and you are full of sin. And thankfully, he did repent because it's not about a party trick. It's not about just healing for healing's sake. It's not about me. As I said, I was like, God, this needs to show your glory. This needs to point to Jesus. So again, read those accounts because it's not just a party trick. And then in Habakkuk 1.5, I'm just going to finish really quickly soon. So Habakkuk 1.5, it says, Look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed. For I am going to do something in your days that you would not believe even if you were told. Now, do you know what? I read that at first and I was like, that would be a great prophecy. Let's go and prophesy that to the church. And then I carried on reading and it was like, yeah, they destroyed Judah. So actually the utterly amazing thing was he destroyed the town because of their strife and their conflict and everything else that was going on. And also Paul quotes it in Acts 13, 38. 
Therefore, my friends, I want you to know that through Jesus, the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. Through him, everyone who believes is set free from every sin, a justification you are not able to obtain under the law of Moses. Take care that what the prophets have said does not happen to you. Look, you scoffers, wonder and perish, for I am going to do something in your days that you would never believe, even if someone told you. Now, we know that everyone that hears the gospel or sees a sign of wonder, they won't necessarily believe. But one day, every knee will bow. Every knee will bow and have to admit that Jesus is awesome and wonderful. And some of us will celebrate and others will lament. And I tell you, I want to be in that place where I'm in wonder of God right now, where I'm in awe of God right now. And when the coming, when he comes again, and again, why would we not believe that he's not coming again? When everything he said to those disciples, all of the things he told them came true. So why would the last one not come true? So when he comes again, we can be in awe. But I, again, I love how how God works. So I want to leave you with this prayer and you can look at it up at home and it's in Habakkuk 3 and it says, Lord, so this one I do want to prophesy over your church and over our church. Lord, I have heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds, Lord. Repeat them in our day. In our time, make them known and in your wrath, remember mercy. Isn't that an amazing prayer? So you can look that up in Habakkuk 3. I want to see the kingdom attitude daily. I want to see believers come to know Jesus, not join a social club, not join a theology, not join a train of thought, but I want them to be radically and incredibly saved by Jesus Christ and to stand in awe and wonder of their maker and to see their lives turned around. And I love how God works because actually in that time where I was having my little hissy fit, I, we were singing this song, Build My Life. And I love that you guys have chosen that this morning. Again, God, just awesome. Because I want us to sing this with a renewed fervour. Because in the chorus, it just says, Holy, there is no one like you. There is none beside you. Open up my eyes in wonder. Show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those around me and I love that and I started praying that prayer God I'm sick of politics in just the church not even actual politics I'm sick of this I'm sick of that I'm not interested in that God I want your wonder God I want to stand in wonder of you I want to remember who you are this word here is to point to you not win an argument this word here is to show who Jesus Christ is not to hit someone over the head with it it's here to point to Jesus and as I said when we stand in awe and wonder of him when we've seen too much of him it doesn't matter what the enemy says it doesn't matter what situation comes our way we can say I've seen too much and yes God did really say. In Jesus' name, be blessed. Amen.